Peace, family, and thank you for tuning in to Understanding the Nursing Game podcast. Many people are looking for financial help while in college. I would love to present the Thelma Lee McKenzie Nursing Scholarship. It was designed for nursing students at the University of South Alabama. You must have a 3.0 GPA and have graduated from a high school within Washington or Clark County in the state of Alabama. If anybody have any more questions about this scholarship, please call Rebecca Baker at 251-341-3721. This is uh, Barry Coleman uh, on another episode of Understanding the Nursing Game podcast. I want to apologize to all of my so-called fans out there. I haven't did an episode in a while, but uh, due to the end of the semester, I'm, yes, I'm in I'm in uh, graduate school. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in now, but I'm in now right now. So I'm trying to fight like hell to get out of there. So, um, yes, I do have a uh, guest for today, but... Um, before we get to the guests, let's go to the quote of the day. All right. Quote of today is, uh, the future belongs to those who prepare, for, prepare it today. for it today. So um, that's by the late, great Michael Metz. And uh, I'm still I'm still learning that lesson. Sometimes I like to procrastinate. And um, when you procrastinate, you normally mess up. So I, I mess up and I forget stuff. So um, for those that... um that's listening, tuning in, just learn how to prepare for tomorrow and it'll make life go by a lot smoother if you start preparing for it today. So uh, with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest. We got Mr. Keith Beasley. How are you doing there, Mr. Keith? Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to you, Mr. Coleman. Pleasure to be here. All right. All right. Then. Well, hey, we're going to go ahead and head straight on to it, man. All right. Let's go. <clears throat> all right. So, uh, First question, man. Tell everybody where you're from. Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. What side? Yeah. South side, of course. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you the third person that I uh, interviewed from Chicago. It's a world-class city. You know, third largest city in America. We are a, um, a huge tourist magnet. We have some of the best food in the entire country or the world. We have an amazing, amazing skyline off, off uh, Lake Michigan. Very, very diverse, beautiful women, hardworking people, and just a great place to, to call home for me, at, at least growing up when I came up. Now, uh, you know, but yeah, it's always going to be home no matter where I'm at. Chicago made me, and, and that's just what it is. Okay. All right, then, from the south side, that's a... That's the part that uh, R. Kelly be singing about, don't it? Southside it Chicago? Is. It is. It is. Okay. Okay, then. All right. Well, hey, um, what, I want to ask you, uh, what got you into nursing, man? Ah, great question. So um, my journey into nursing was not the traditional one. For me, how I even landed over here is that when I got my master's degree, Actually, I couldn't even find a job, to tell you the truth. Um, I had a whole master's and uh, I have a master of science in nonprofit management. Thought I wanted to save the world and, you know, be a nonprofit CEO, executive director. But they were uh, saying, you don't have experience. I'm like, well, how am I going to get experience if you don't give me a job? That don't even make sense, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So at, at that time, I was dating a nurse manager um, over in Cleveland. And she suggested nursing. And I was like, hell no, I don't like blood and sick people, hospital death. No, 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 no. That's not for me. So I was talking to my cousin, who is a male nurse at the VA hospital in Chicago. And he was like, hey, cuz I'm a rehab nurse. I help people walk around all day. I don't see blood. I was like, wait, what? Excuse me. I just thought everybody was a bedside nurse. And it wasn't until I did some research and found out that there are like literally 80 different types of nurses 
I had no idea that this field was so wide open. What really sold me is I found out you can become a travel nurse. And travel is, is, is my game. And I found out travel nurse. And I'm like, oh, shit, let's go. Say less. But what truly sold me is this, Barry. The, um, my ex at the, at the time, the one who was uh, who talked to me, who introduced it to me at first, she was a, um, a paramedic for like nine years, I believe. Then she went and got her associate degree, her bachelor's, her master's, of course, in nursing. But when she was a two-year associate degree nurse, she told me a story about how she went to work one day. And she was there maybe about an hour and they pissed her off. She quit her job at like nine in the morning. Like, you know what? I'm tired. I quit. She had a brand new job by noon. I was like, wait, 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 what's that again? She had a brand new job by noon. I was floored. Here I am with four degrees, two associates, a bachelor's and a master's and uh, honorably discharged veteran. I can't even get a daggone job. And you had a job in three hours. And I was just, I was stunned. I said, you, you never go broke in nursing. And I, I don't know any uh, skinny nurses. You know, you're always <laughs> going to eat. You're always going to eat, bro, for real. Okay. So, yeah, that's what had happened. Okay, man. Boy, that's a story right there, boy. Hey, I'm going to tell you, um, at the time when I made my decision to go into nursing, actually a couple of years beforehand, man, um, my dad had, uh, got sick. He had uh, blood clots. He he had uh, had uh, previous uh, bouts with him, but uh, this time it was a lot more serious. He had him in his uh, lungs and his in his, uh, and his in his legs, and um, you, you know this time he um he had to have emergency surgery and heart surgery and stuff like that. And um, he always spoke well upon the nurses that uh, took took well uh, took care of him. And I was like, man, at that time I wanted to be a pharmacist. I was like, man, you know what? If I could do anything else, I probably could be a nurse just because of the impact you can have on somebody's life. So, uh, right. so uh, that what I was um, that what got me into nursing, man. So, but uh, yeah, stuff. man. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that those of us who uh, who genuinely venture into the field not for the money, for the love of nursing, um, we all have a personal story, and we got someone that we love that has been affected. So we see firsthand and have a a tangible account of how effective nursing is and what nurses mean to our loved ones. And that's the kind of kind of care treatment and approach that I take with it Um, when I'm in work is to always try to get what I call the mother standard of care, because I will want to treat my patients, and I try to treat my patients as well as I want someone to treat my own mother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it gets real personal, you know. You definitely don't do it for the money. Definitely not for the money. Right, right, right. And I think also, with, uh, and this is in the profession, man, if you just push the money to the side and you just focus in on acquiring skills, and always trying to improve right. yourself, man. You you'll go a long way. People will recognize your hard work and your dedication. Cause a lot of people, man, they just go to work, and uh, you know, they they just go to work and just try to get through, get through the shift, yeah. and yeah. then try to get back get back home to life. So, um, man, if you can go and you can um acquire skills through continual education or through conferences, mm-hmm. I think um that'll be a, it'll serve you well, and not only you. As a professional, you serve the patients well. Most definitely. Um, as the saying goes, the more you know, the more you grow. In addition to challenging yourself to learn more, it's rewarding. And like you said, it comes off in your patient care. Uh-huh. If the patient asks you a question, it's nothing more humbling or embarrassing or uh, sometimes scary to be asked a question and you legit don't know. But you're the uh-huh. nurse. You're supposed to know, right? But you just right. don't know. Luckily, in my position, being a nursing student, I don't have the responsibility to know everything. So I'll, you know, let them know, hey, I don't know right now, but I'll reach out to the nurse and find out and ask them on, my, on your behalf or have the nurse come in and talk to you or I'll find out for you. So I don't necessarily have the exact pressures that you all have because I'm a student and I'm only operating within my scope of practice at work as a student nurse intern or tech. So I'm not expected to know everything, but I can just imagine the responsibility that comes along with that. Yeah. And guess what? Even as a nurse, you ain't going to know everything that's going on then. 
Right, right. You know, uh, you have the doctor, they'll come in and they'll put in orders. And you look at the order and you'd be like, man, I, I really don't know why, he, you know, why they put that particular <laughs> order in. And uh, guess what? Hey, when I be at work, I don't, I, I'm just being honest. Sometimes I yeah. do not know. I don't yes. know what the plan is. So in, in that case, all you got to do is, is uh, make a phone call. Let me talk to y'all right quick. Uh, get in touch with them. And, um, you know, they can kind of lay out the plan for you. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm glad you said uh, somebody uh, you're a nursing school student now. Tell me about your struggles in nursing school. Oh, bruh, here we go. <laughs> Are you ready? How much time we got on here? Oh, man, we got um, until the end of the day. So I'll start by saying that I am 44 years old. I'm a father of four. I already have um, education under my belt, form education with already being a degreed person being a veteran and having have already experienced life so me coming back to school as a non-traditional student has been a challenge in and of itself on several fronts again like i said when i was uh, introduced to nursing or the idea of it by uh, my ex and um, my cousin i figured hey i already got a, a master's you know i don't want to get a bachelor's i might as well get another master's i found that you can get a accelerated master's degree i thought to myself if i had a bachelor's eventually i would want to get the master's anyway so i might as well just go for the gusto uh -huh. so i applied to two schools did not get into them applied to two more schools got into them university of south alabama and the university of maryland baltimore at that time, University of Maryland, Baltimore was the number one program in the nation for accelerated masters, science in nursing and clinical nurse leadership. So I got into South, began my um, preparation to go there, but then Maryland called me. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go with this number one program. It just makes sense. So I moved from Chicago and moved to Maryland, began my journey in nursing school and it hit me at that point in time that, hey, you know, it's just a little bit different over here. And <laughs> I, I say this again as a 44 year old. Um, uh -huh. I was I was young, younger at the time, but as a 44 year old man now, you can take from it what you will. The program is very competitive. Um, uh -huh. I think there were like 150 applicants. They only took uh, 55 of us. Out of 55 wow. applicants, there were 13 black people um, <laughs> and, and the rest um, white. So it was out of 13 black people, it was nine women, four guys. Out of the nine women, six were like, let's just say from Ghana, Nigeria, something like that. And those particular sisters really didn't talk as much to the Americans, but they talked to, you know, the American. The, the black women here in america because because maybe because they're woman to woman i suppose i don't know right but the four black men in my cohort they had us separated in like different classes so we never had a chance to form a little bond and get a little click a study group you know guy to guys up here right that wasn't comfortable it was already uncomfortable being a, an older student or one of the second the second older student in the program and having um, younger people who literally was an undergrad last semester to still live at home with their mom. Their mom may have been a nurse or they had a job in a lab or something, or they may have graduated with a kinesiology or biology degree or something like that. They had already come to the program with some sort of experience and or a, a helping hand, whereas I had nothing. Moved to a entire different state, not knowing anybody, not knowing anything about nursing, but I knew it was something I wanted to do. So, yeah, it, it was just a little uncomfortable for me being in that environment, but I still pressed on. My second semester, first semester, I got all Bs. Second semester, I got one C out of the one C because you had to have a 3.0 GPA and that dropped my GPA down to like a 2.85, something like that. So they put me on academic probation. So I got one C. I was like, oh, I had to write a little plan to figure out what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do better next time to get my grades up and not get another C. Okay, cool. Did that third semester rolled through. I got another C. And this was after, after I even dropped down to a part-time job because I would go to school from 8 a.m. to roughly around noon. And I would go to work at my part-time job from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. 
leave a part-time job at 7 p.m., go back to school to the library at 8 p.m. to 1 in the morning when the library closed. Now, mind you, I'm there by myself trying to study. And in nursing school, you don't know what you don't know, and you cannot do it by yourself. Because while I'm at work, my classmates, you know, were already at school having study sessions and doing what they needed to do together. I didn't have that availability because I'm an adult and I have, you know, children that got rent, car, no life insurance, grown people stuff. So I ended up getting another C in my third semester and they gave me an academic dismissal. And I tell you, that hurt. It, It humbled me. And it hurt my feelings. It hurt my pride. And it just, it, it, um, it just hurt all around. I didn't really know how to process it. Um, and it wasn't until about a year later that I said to myself, you know what? I'm not about to let these people defer me from my dream and tell me I can't do this. You know, uh-huh. as I thought about it, I was like, hey, you uh-huh. don't even have a science background, but you got two C's in the number one program in the nation. You still pretty damn smart. Don't let don't right. let that, that that fool you. You know, most people have, you know fail a class or don't do well a semester or have to repeat a semester or you know something like that in nursing school. So after a year, I got back on the horse and I um, I went to Coppin State University, which is my HBCU here in Baltimore, Maryland. I went there okay. on a Monday. School started on a Wednesday and said, hey, I want to be a nurse. And he's like, um, it's, that time is like January 24th, 26th, something like that. And he was like, by February 1st, you, this is when the program deadline is for the August cohort. Um, uh-huh. Okay, I'm like, well, let's go. So I had to scramble and hurry, get all my transcripts in, trying to find a, what is it, uh, a HESI, a tease, a HESI, whatever the test is, something like that. Do that, right. get in there, pass everything, get done. And everything done, everything on my transcript submitted in a span of three or four days. Come to find out, I did not have what in that program at, at Coppin State is um, prerequisite. I did not know is pharmacology. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I'll tell you that, I'm sorry, pathophysiology. And generally, it's built into the nursing program. So I couldn't get in because I didn't meet the requirements for that. So this was a spring semester um, and they was like, well, we cannot let you into the fall because you don't have this class. And I had to wait. They said, we need a conditional discharge, excuse me, a conditional admission for the following year. If you take a pathophysiology, you pass it. Okay, cool. I took it. I passed it. Now with a conditional admission, they allowed me to take one nursing course that did not have a lab that fall semester, passed it. This spring semester took one, passed it. So for the next fall, took about a year and a half later, after I tried to apply the first time, I got into the mm-hmm. program. Wow. Excellent. Finally, about time. <laughs> first semester, did good. Got all these again. I'm like, all right, Greg, I can do this. Second mm-hmm. semester, taking pediatrics and maternity. And boom, it's the last, last year, spring, COVID hit. Like, mm-hmm. God, damn, what? Come on, really? Really? So I was um, really unsure about COVID, what, what it was, what's going on, how we handle it, is it going to kill people? What, what, what's going on? So I actually withdrew from my program from that semester um, and took a W on my transcript. I talked to my dean about it, and she said that it would not hurt my GPA, it's just a W. Unfortunately, um, these classes at, uh, at at my HBCU are only offered once a year. So the peds and maternity class that I took last uh, spring, I had to wait until this spring to take them. And yeah, just waiting a whole year to continue the program just was disheartening. But I persevered. I kept the pushing. And I went through the fall semester um, last year, got good grades, got like an A and a B. Went through spring semester and waiting to start back school again in the fall. So it hasn't been easy. I've been met with some triumphs. I've been met with some failures. But, you know, life would knock you down uh, 99 times. But as long as you keep on getting up that 100th time, that's what counts. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Man, that's that's a... That's a trying story. You just uh, 
You just oh, uh, you oh, just uh, say it, man. It, oh, it, it gets <laughs> deeper. I, I, I'm trying to give you the PG version of it. You know, uh, plain and simple. There are a lot of nurses out here whose science just comes to them. I mean, it's just easy. It's just their thing. And, you know, I, hey, salute. I respect that. But so some of us who don't have a science background, who are not, who haven't been in high school in 20 plus years, who, uh, you know, are don't have a college degree in nursing, who have, you know, family responsibilities, bills, other grown people stuff. Sometimes it may come a little bit slower. And I'm not a person that, that gives up because, again, like I mentioned before, honorably discharged veteran, got a couple of degrees. I'm over here near D.C. I can easily get a federal job easily and just say, you know what the hell? This is hard. I ain't doing this. I quit. Give me a job and keep pushing. However, my dogged personality and um, relentlessness won't allow me to not be great. Every major real goal that I've set for myself in my life, I've accomplished everything, everything Mm. except for nursing school. So if I did give up on myself right now, it'd be like, damn, I wonder, I wonder what if I could have, I should have, maybe if, and that would haunt me and would bother me the rest of my life. So I can't, um, and I've come too far to give up too much of my time to pursue this passion and purpose of mine to just give up now. And I had to learn, delay does not mean denied. I have a great, great, great group of mentors and other nurses who inspire and who I aspire to um, be like that won't let me fail and always encourage me, always are in the vein of giving me positive affirmations and being there for me. So I won't want to let them down. I won't let them myself down. So here I am. Hey man, that's a that's a good story, man. Hey, I'm I'm glad you didn't give up on yourself. That's the biggest thing in life. Um, I think especially uh I'm just gonna go on here and say it, being a black male, you probably got more you, you probably got less resources than anybody else on the face of the earth when it comes Bruh. to being successful. So Bruh. when I tell you at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, when they gave me my um letter of dismissal. It felt like for me, and all the time I was there at the at the in that program, it felt like I was a only a diversity candidate. Look at the fact that okay, he's black, check. He's a male, check. He's an older student, check. He's a veteran, check. Hey, hey, hey! Look at us, Department of Education. We are very diverse. Give us our kudos. And then this time you get up out of there, it's like, well, we gave him a shot, but the other people that you know. Um, don't look like me. It was like, oh, what can we do? How can we help? Oh, you need anything? Come talk to me. My black ass was like, yeah, I do. So what, what you finna do? Cause we finna give you this letter right here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I understand. It don't feel good, I but I mean, those things that are harder to endure are sweeter to recall. So mm-hmm. when you put your work in and you know you put your hard work in, when you finally get it and it finally pays off, it means that much more to you versus something that's just being given to you because you know that you earned it and you busted your butt for it. So, um, again, my notes to the grindstone and all I got is one day at a time, one semester at a time, one exam at a time. And that's it. I'm not looking forward, putting too much in front of me. I'm going for what I got for right now because it's going to happen. Period. It's going to happen. Like, Next year, 2023 is going to happen with or without me. So, shit, I might as well be a nurse. I might as well stick right. with it, right? Exactly. That's right. So, that's right. Here we are. Well, hey, man, let me ask you this. Um, you Talk say you were, you were in nursing school. You work. Uh, you yep. got a family. Hey, man, how do you juggle all of those uh, all of those responsibilities, man? I, I, I know for me, shit, sometimes I drop the ball on a couple of things. I ain't going to see right here like I'm perfect. Hey, some things, hey, I might have an assignment due. I might, hey, I might have forgot. Man, golly, hey, I got one day before this assignment is due. I, I got to buckle down, man. I mean, what? how do you all handle all of those responsibilities? Great question. So when I moved to Maryland for school, I moved by myself. So um, my children don't live here with me. It's just me here. So I don't have the responsibility that some people do having to rush home and take care of children. But at the same time, um, my children are older, you know, um, so they're self-sufficient. 
they're, they're young adults, you know, 21, you know, living on down. So I'm good on that part. Um, as far as um, having to be in-house and take care of and cater to them as children, they're self-sufficient young adults now. So that works in my favor. Also, one of the main important things that I have is I use my calendar and my cell phone for everything. I'm talking for everything. If it ain't on my calendar, it don't happen because I will forget. Um, I got a lot going on. I work three jobs, three part-time jobs, and I go to school. But the great part about my jobs is they um, part-time PRN, so I get to finagle my schedule and move around and make it happen when I want to. Generally on weekends, um, let's just say, excuse me, in my critical care ICU where I work at, I have to do at least one day per pay period. Well, what I would do is I do a Saturday, which is the last day of this pay period. Then I do the next day, Sunday, which is the first day of that pay period. So I knock out, you know, them two days. And I'll come back for another month because I got my day in. So right. it's just about playing with your calendar. Um, as far as school, I have alarms set on my phone daily that go off to me. Hey, do homework. Read this chapter. Um, I keep my computer open to my school stuff. So anytime I log in, I think I want to look at something else. The first thing I see is my schoolwork. I have just gotten used to it. I've been doing it for so long. I've gotten used to it. It's just what I do now. I don't even think about it. People ask me all the time, how do you do it? It's just what I do. <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I do. I mean, when you don't think about it, you don't have a choice other than to be strong. You know, you never know how strong you are, but I don't know. Again, it's just what I do. I don't even think about it. I got you. I got you. Now, um, let's see here. Um, so you saying you, what's the else though are you in now? You got um, two more left? To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two more. Okay, okay. Why, why did I see you? A couple of reasons. Um, the main reason is I have a, a desire to eventually, down the line, become a certified registered nurse anesthetist. CRNA. And for that, you have to have ICU experience, um, mm-hmm. talking with my mentors and other um, advanced practice registered nurses that are in that field and keeping them keeping tabs on me and me keeping tabs on them. I know that that's the way to go. In addition to being a student nurse, that's all I've ever worked in, except for uh, I did. I worked in neuroscience progressive care unit, didn't really care for it too much. But I currently work in a cardiac ICU and also my critical care ICU. So ICU, again, is all I've, I've ever known as far as working in a medical setting. I don't know anything else. Wow. Okay. Now, you said you work in three different settings within the ICU. No, um, two different nope. settings. Um, I have two a part-time. Uh, so uh, PRN at a cardiac ICU. PRN, critical care, I see you. Then I have a nighttime, part-time job doing logistics, you know, uh, a job, nothing to do with medical, but has great benefits. As a student nurse, I don't get benefits or anything like that. So oh. being an adult, you know, I need medical and dental, 401k and all that kind of stuff. So my part-time job keeps me afloat. People look change in my pocket, keep my 401 moving up. Okay. Now, my question is, why do you feel the need to have all of those jobs? Now, before you say something, I got two jobs, and see, like all the black males in nursing that I know of got multiple jobs. And I asked them that same question because I know for me, I like to have multiple jobs just because if, if, if some shit go down, I always got another way to provide for my kids. Now, I don't give a damn about what anybody else got to say. They can say whatever they want to say about this. But that's my mentality when it comes to having multiple jobs. And the other black men that I talk to, they have that same mind frame that, you know, um, just in case anything happens, it's almost like you can't, you can you cannot trust the situation that you're working in. And so, you know, in order to protect myself, I'm going to be proactive and give me another job. So, but, I want you to uh, expand upon the need of having three jobs. Oh, you said it all right there. Um, everything you said, totally 100% agree with. To expound mm. upon that, for me, though, I think that I like the idea of having the variety of it. And cardiac ICU is much different from critical care ICU. 
So I like the idea of me being able to have a well-rounded palette of experience. I don't need three jobs, of course, as a, especially as a student. Um, but this is summertime. I'm on break. So I'm trying to give, give, give money and get it, but more importantly, get experience. Right. Um, as a nurse intern, I've had the opportunity to have a lot more hands-on experience, which is valuable for me because it gives me a lot of the reason of my why. Because I'm mm. assisting physicians and putting in um, IJs in your neck. Um, I'm taking out a line out of femoral arteries. Um, I'm putting in NG tubes into patients. Um, I'm, I'm drawing labs. You know, so I'm putting my hands on it. I learn better that way, actually, from hands-on experience. Plus, at, at this age and stage in my life, it's always smart just to have multiple streams of income. You don't ever want to ever anybody to have right. just rely on one job. That's it. It was one job, one source, right. because you at their mercy of that one place. And right. you always want to have something to fall back on, something for a backup, and just have multiple streams, you know. Mm. So again, what I want to stress is important for myself. And for other um, student nurses that may be listening, these are part-time jobs. I'm not doing this full-time. My full-time grind mentality is I'm a student. Mm -hmm. I'm a student nurse and student comes first, student. So my PRN, part-time jobs, I only got to go in, let's say, two days every six weeks. So who can't do, you know, that four days a month? Who can't do that? And still right. dedicate the rest of your time to studying, going to school, having study groups, looking at YouTube videos, going over, uh, read, reading a book, looking at uh, anything else you have that help you be great in your classes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I'm putting these jobs before my classes. Hell no. I'm a student first. And if, if it comes down to the fact I need to, I'm quitting them jobs because guess what? It's always going to be a job always but i can't get this good nursing job till i become a nurse so that's my mm-hmm. full-time grand hustle damn anything and everybody else that's just I how i feel you. okay okay man hey hey um i said i was gonna try to get you on out of here i'm gonna try to keep this one a little short but hey i'm gonna i got time i got time oh hey i thought you had to go to go to class here at six o'clock you know, well, but, uh, it is 4.48 my time, 440? so I got um, an hour okay. and 12 minutes for your log on. Okay, okay, okay. Well, um, now, since you said all of that, man, I was uh, I was thinking to myself, now you want to become a CRNA. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Eventually. Now, you know, um, what, what's, what's um, driving you towards that way, the CRNA way? So a couple of things. I'm glad you asked. The first thing is that it is the most educated and tip of the spear, the highest peak you can reach as an advanced practice registered nurse. And with my background being um, a Marine, the toughest part of branch to armed service, being a member, my brother will make a sci-fi turn to incorporate it. You know, definitely the Marines of all fraternities, if you would, being a Prince Hall Master Mason. Um, I don't do things that are easy. I never have. And if I'm going to do something, I want to give it everything I got and go and max it out, max it out. So if that's the tip of the spear, that's the highest you can get into nursing. That's the, the highest heights you can reach. That's what I want to go for. That's my um, aim, my goal to be the absolute best at what I can. And I tell you, you will always miss 100 percent of the shots that you never make. Always. That's right. So I'm going to go for it. Um, I'm, I'm just going to shoot my shot and make it, make, get out here and make it happen. Um, I have a great group of people um, that I know who I'm in contact with, who I spend time with, um, who mentor me, who talk to me, who encourage me, who are CRNAs. And I see the profession through their eyes, the good and the bad side of it. And it's a grind that I respect and I appreciate their candor and honesty with me about what their experiences have been like and what I can possibly look forward to in the future. So that's where I'm at with it right now. Okay. All right, then. Now, will you be doing like um, some travel CRNA jobs or what? You know what? Honestly, um, I haven't gotten that far yet. 
I think in my RN first. So I'm not even put. <laughs> I'm not even putting myself in that mind frame to think too far ahead. I know it's my goal and it's there, but mm-hmm. I got more immediate, short-term goals to focus on that um, occupy my time and my space and my mind. Okay. All right. There. All right. All right. But uh, I got um some questions that I like to ask everybody um towards the end of the interview. Uh, this okay. has actually been a good one, man. I'm gonna have to have you on. I know your schedule is uh hectic. It took us about four, five times to get you <laughs> on here. But uh, yeah, man, uh, we're gonna have to do this again. I get get a couple more uh, male nurses on here. We just have uh have some bro talk, as they say. Hey, they uh, it's not a lot of um male black nurses. Um, I, I like Yo. to call those dinosaurs. Check out now. So, so there is a a group of uh, my fraternity brothers, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, who are nurses. Check out Nursing Bros on Instagram. Nursing, B-R-U-H-S, I believe it okay. is, Instagram. It's, it's uh, probably 100 Black male nurses, all members of Omega Sci-Fi, anywhere from um, nursing students to doctoral research professors, PhDs, DNAPs, NPs, everything else you can come with, um, floor nurses, ministers, travel nurses, um, clinical nurse leaders, ICU, brothers in the in the military. Um, you can think of it. That's a great resource for Black male nurses. Also, I just met a, a brother on Facebook. He has a Facebook group called Memoirs of a Merce. A brother, I think his name is Devin. So it's just we out here. We out here. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't really know it was that many in the world until I yeah. had um, moved moved um I moved out to the West Coast and I see a lot more black mm-hmm. male nurses. And a lot of times they um uh, from the south and they yeah. came out, they went out to California to try to make some money. Um yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Uh, I see you got your Omega uh, sign in the back. Tell me the the pros, the pros and cons of being in the in the in the fraternity, man. I I always wanted to be in in uh in one, but I couldn't come up with the fifteen hundred to to pay to get in there. <laughs> I was a college student working at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Nine, nine, nine dollars an hour, which is one cut the biscuit, man. So no. tell, tell, tell me some some pros to being in a fraternity. Well, there are definitely no cons for me. Um, mm. But the pros are innumerable. I mean, let's just start with the the brotherhood that comes along with that 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 cohesiveness and the brotherhood that you really wouldn't get and you would find without your own blood brother or without the fraternal bond that you build with men and or women that you serve with in the military. Other than that, you don't get the kind of brotherhood that you would um, outside, you know, um, unless you're in a, from my opinion, uh, a fraternity, especially with Omega Sci-Fi being a, um, a very close knit, it's big, but it's small. And we are just a group of um, brothers who are educated, front runners, leaders, way makers, bridge builders. Anything you think of that's, that's, that you can be involved in is probably because of a cue, probably. Right. And we can find in any sector in the world, I mean, that um, manhood, that scholarship, perseverance, and uplift are four cardinal principles um, are things that we live by daily. And it's just like even me, you know, I'm still pursuing that scholarship. I and mean, even though I have a bunch of degrees already, it doesn't matter. You never stop learning. You never right. stop. So here I am doing it all over again. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you uh, slid that little tibby in. I don't think I'm going to join now. I think I got too old or either they could lower their 1500 or you put it down to 500 or something like that. I might <laughs> slide, slide in there. But, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to look look from the outside, looking looking the inside from the outside. I actually got yes, a brother-in-law uh, that mm-hmm. um that's in the that's a queue, and I thought about it long and hard, but I just come I come pop it over. Yeah, well, you know, um, in in all respects, everything ain't for everybody, and it doesn't make mm-hmm. you any less than an outstanding person. The greatness about the fraternity is is our history dates back to November of 1911. 
So we're talking 110 years of service to uh, man, to mankind, to our community. And we've been in every sector, influenced every aspect of this world. We have over 700 chapters, brothers, literally in every country all around the world. I always have a friend. It's been right. times I've gone different cities, different countries. I might have a frat shirt on or something, or if I get, let's just say, if I need anything, I might be able to call home. Hey, I'm so and so and so and so. You know, anybody else down here? Yeah, hold on a second. Let me connect you. You know, this brother down here. Uh, Fam, got an instant friend. You know, anything I need, I'm taken care of. Um, and that goes that, that goes along to that spirit of love uh, and friendship that um, Mega Sci-Fi promotes. I got you, man. That's all. That's all good, man. Yeah. All right. We're going to go ahead and try to get you on out of here, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to catch up with you another time and we can we can try to get some, get some, uh, some stuff going. But uh, when you're riding into work, man, or you going into school, or what are you doing? Probably doing online right now. Uh, yeah. When you're riding, when you're riding around in Baltimore, what you like to listen to, man? Who, who is your favorite artist? Oh, it can't do that to me. Not my favorite. My my playlist, <laughs> my playlist is so eclectic, man. I'm listening to anybody from Celia Cruz to Sade, Mary J. Blige to damn the Eurythmics to Tears for Fears to Run DMC, Juvenile, Bob Marley, anything. I like music. As Bob Marley said, when music hits you, you feel no pain. I love the music, period. I, I like music, you know. I don't pigeonhole okay. myself into one genre. If it feel good, it sound good, I'm on it. Okay. All right, then. Now, you said during COVID, you know, uh, you was uh, you dropped out, withdrew from school, and uh, you were just working, I'm assuming. What's some activities yeah. that you that you did, you know, during that time period to help keep yourself uh, sane? Yeah, so at one of the hospitals I work at, in the cardiac ICU, we were the first unit in my hospital to become a 100% dedicated COVID unit. So they changed our entire unit over, um, put up new doors, panels, built walls, closed off all the uh, patients' door and made them um, pressurized. I, I, I have a beard, so I have to wear a papper every single day at work, double glove, gowned up and everything, taking care of COVID patients. Um, unfortunately, plenty of them you know, died uh, on my ships. But some of the things that would keep me relaxed is I, I found a time to binge watch a lot of TV sometimes, mm-hmm. take my mind off of the, of what I was dealing with at work. I got into um, learning how to play with and trade stocks, keep my mind sharp okay. and active, talk with my family a lot more. That was important for them to keep me grounded. I had a chance to talk with my therapist, you know, I believe in mental health therapy. So I had to talk to somebody else about that just to not so much to grieve, but just just to get stuff off my chest. I spent I spent some time traveling, to tell you the truth. It was a great time to travel. Mm. The, the things that I, I did at work to keep me safe and healthy are the same practices I use outside of work to keep me safe and healthy. And since COVID hit um gratefully by the grace of God, I've always had a negative COVID test, negative PCR test, no antigenous, never had COVID. I just mind my business, drink my water, grow my beard, and catch my flights, bro. <laughs> That's it. I just try to stay out the way. Stay out the way, Angel, boy. Yeah. You're a small man. Yeah. <laughs> good God. Now you around good people. Yeah. You say you watch a lot of TV. You watch movies? It ain't so much I watch a lot of TV. I, I try to watch documentaries and things that help me roll. I, I bench watch some shows, but I watch a lot of, uh, listen a lot of podcasts like um, Earn Your Leisure, Talk to them, listen to them a lot. Or I follow spots to help you learn about real estate investment or stocks or IRAs. Just try to do things that will affect my mind in a positive manner because I want to be of a mind frame to where I am investing in myself first and wasting my time. I spend my time on things that will help grow me emotionally, mentally. Definitely got to have a good prayer life. Um, definitely got to be around good people who you trust, who you vibe with, who respect you, and who pour into you in the best way possible also. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, one thing, uh, if you had one thing to tell your younger self, what would you um, 
What would you tell? Just one thing. Damn, man, that's, a, <laughs> that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. <laughs> I would tell myself, hmm, I would tell myself to invest in myself more and earlier, meaning invest in the relationships that I have with people, invest in my finances, invest in my educational experiences. Um, I, I don't think that I had a great guidance counselor. So I got a bunch of degrees and multiple things that kind of don't make a lot of sense, but I didn't have that trajectory. I probably would have stayed in the military um, a lot longer and would have made a few different moves as far as uh, becoming a parent when I did. So investing in myself a lot more in a lot um, smarter fashion. Man, that was a great answer. Great answer. Invest in yourself more. At an earlier yeah. time, a lot of people don't do it, especially you're 20. A lot of yeah. people, you get, yeah, you ain't 20, you just, so uh, you waste those years. A lot of that, people don't take advantage of them. I heard something about two months ago that, that hit me hard. It said, uh, somebody said that youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> it's like, damn, youth mm-hmm. is wasted on the young. Wasted on the young. If I, you know, think if you really trying to, trying to take a step back and look at the big picture, a lot of young, younger people, at least what I see, just from my experiences, they just out here, just out yeah, here, life. no guidance and not taking advantage of the opportunities they have. We literally live in the smartest generation that there ever was in the history of mankind. They have everything at their disposal. Yet a lot of young people that I see now, but a lot. They don't take advantage of the resources. You know, I um, I talked to some young people, young kids in my job. They didn't even know what a, the Dewey Decimal System was at, at the <laughs> library. Like, we don't go to libraries. Like, you never heard of a Dewey Decimal System? Like, what's that? Like, damn, I feel old. You know, these kids, they literally can do anything they want from their comfort and privacy of their cell phone. You know, you can make a whole album from your cell phone. You don't want to leave the house and go cook. You can order food on your cell phone. You can go to college on your cell phone. Uh, and I tell them, you never know the pain, the struggle of having to go door to door, store to store. Hey, excuse me, y'all hiring? Y'all hiring? And sitting down, filling out a paper application to get to the cashier and hope they give it to the manager. You know? Yeah, I mean, they would, you know, never know what it's like to open up an encyclopedia or a dictionary to go look for something or a, a map of a paper map. You got everything at your fingertip. But a lot of time, you know, even if even even now, kids, I mean, they don't even have to learn how to spell because they type they text something and autocorrect fixes it for them. Right. <laughs> you know, until my kids, there wasn't a such thing as a cell phone when I was your age. Right. I actually literally took a typewriter class in high school. Yeah, but you know, I digress. I'm sounding like an old man around here. <laughs> yeah, I I was uh, amazed that I'm not gonna say who it was, but a uh, family member they didn't know how to use the index. Like you, you know, you have homework, and yeah. you ha- yeah. the teacher will ask a question, and you take out you take out the uh, the question, the main words, and you'll go to the index so you can find find you know find the subject topic, and then you go through there and read. I'm like, man, how you don't know how to use a, a index? And come to find out, you know, that particular person said, I just Google it. I was just like, Googling. man, I just yeah. Google it. I was like, man, hey, hey. Yeah. And I was just I was just talking to my uh, academic advisor earlier, Miss uh, Sewell, and she was like, some of the kids nowadays, they're just more entitled. They just yeah. feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they want their hand held and... You know, they want you to do everything for them. And You're supposed like, I, to do it for them. You're supposed to, just because they're them. You're supposed to. Right. I'm so grateful that my mother, when I was a kid trying to do homework, she you cannot use a calculator. Use your hands or get a pencil and paper. And, you you know, because she didn't want me to be dependent upon a calculator and not know how to do it for myself. Right. I'm so grateful right. for just the small things like that that play a big mm-hmm. part in um in life. But I, yeah, youth is wasted on the young man, and I, I wish I had. If I had, to, <laughs> if I had the time, <laughs> but that's why. I, that's why a lot of time I, I go so hard for what I can and what I what I do now because I know at my age I don't have the time to waste my time. 
So um, I saw a movie about 10 years ago that literally changed my life. It was called The Bucket List with uh-huh. Morgan Freeman and Jack Nichols. And just the, the premise of that movie, you haven't done whatever you need to do or want to do in life before you die, kick the bucket and having lived a full life, it hit me. So here I am living it. Gotcha, man. That's all right. All right. Hey, man, we're going to try to go ahead and get you on out of here. This has been a great interview, man. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, one last thing. I want you to name one nurse that she'll be on the show. And if you name them, you got to help me get them. Um, RN, uh, students, CRNA, R- MP. RN, it don't matter. It don't matter. RN. Um, I know so many amazing RNs. I can't believe you went through this to me just to put it down to one. <laughs> hey, you can give me two or three of them. Um, let me see. Probably gonna go with uh one of my frat brothers, um Jeremy Wooten. He's down in Atlanta. He's okay. a great guy. He uh got his uh clinical nurse leadership masters, great family man, an, an amazing, amazing nurse down there doing his thing. So yeah. Okay. Let's go with Jeremy. Okay. Well, hey, hey man, uh I appreciate your time. You taking that time of your business schedule, man. Uh, to everyone that's um, tuning in, I want you to go ahead and uh, listen to the episode in its entirety. I want you to share it with your family. I want you to share it with your friends. Subscribe. Do everything about to uh, to support the uh, support the platform, man. We uh, we've been doing a lot of interviews and um, I've been interviewing nurses in different uh, settings, all the way from CRNA to nursing student all the way to uh, nursing entrepreneurs. So uh, I just want to tell everybody, thank you for listening in. Hey, you've been locked into another episode of Understand the Nursing Game Podcast.